speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart. Isn't it awesome to be pleasing to God this morning? Singing and making melody, not with instruments, but with our heart to the Lord. Amen? I'm thankful that I'm in Christ. Are you thankful that you're in Christ? Are you thankful to be a child of God? You know, God chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, Ephesians 1.4. And I'm so thankful that we as Christians can worship a God that truly, with all of His being, loves us. And I hope today that we have, and Sammy mentioned it, it was, I don't know how that worked out, but he mentioned this, that today... Uh, I hope that we've shown the reverence that only God deserves. Not a man. There's not a reverend anybody. There's only one God that's reverent and deserving of that honor. And in Psalm 89, 7 it says, God is great to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be held in reverence by all those around Him. Amen? And I hope that today as you've worshipped thus far that you've worshipped in spirit and truth. If you would turn with me to the gospel according to Matthew, the chapter will be 4 and the verses will be 1 through 11. i got to get some water, sorry. Last week my mouth got dry. A few months ago I presented a lesson from the book of James, uh, from James chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. And it was on temptation. You ever face temptation in your life? You ever face struggles with temptation? Does temptation bring you to a place where sometimes it controls you? We talked about that and the main points from that lesson was that we... James 1.14 are drawn away by our own lusts and our own desires, ultimately. It's really on us, and it's really on how we approach that temptation, whether we're going to do it or not. Amen? And that when we're faced with them, in 1 Corinthians 10.13, let me turn there real quick because I want to read this for emphasis. 1 Corinthians 10.13 It says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God won't put a, too big of a temptation on you that you can't bear it so you can walk in confidence knowing that even though you may mess up, God still loves you. But what I want to do this morning is I want to use the best example for fighting temptation. The best example. The man that I love so much, and I know the man that you guys love so much. Jesus Christ. In Hebrews 2.18 it says, For in that he himself has suffered, 
being tempted, He is able to aid those who are tempted. So we know that Jesus was tempted just like Adam and Eve were tempted in the garden, but the difference was Jesus withstood it. By understanding how Jesus withstood it, we can use His example, which was given to us by the Holy Spirit through His Word, and we can see how He fought through this temptation. One of the biggest obstacles and the reason why I just have constantly thought about this is for a Christian, one of the biggest obstacles for us to overcome is temptation because we're always faced with some type of temptation. Now, it may not be a major temptation, but it's still a temptation that we face, whether we're the best Christian or the worst Christian. But I want to encourage you today, just like the Apostle Paul, we can beat temptation. We can fight temptation and we can overcome temptation. Now, will we be perfect like Jesus? Absolutely not. But if we make it our top priority to be just like Jesus as much as we can, we can overcome this. Listen to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, 26-27 when he's talking about running this race of faith. Therefore I run thus... Not with uncertainty, thus I fight. Not as one who beats the air. But listen to what he does. And this is what we got to do. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. We have got to discipline our bodies and put it into subjection and realize when we are faced with temptations... How we can overcome them. We can do it, man. God is awesome. He supplied the rule book for us. There's only one pattern. There's only one way to do things. And it's God's way. Only. In all things. Just like Sammy talked about in class. Marriage is only one way. And it's God's way. And if you're not according to what that is, then you're not doing God's will. If I had to give a name for this lesson, it would be Yield Not to Temptation. And I just, out of curiosity, does anybody know that song? Amen? Yield Not to Temptation? I asked Miss Linda, and how ironic, the board downstairs says, Yield Not to Temptation. So, Yield Not to Temptation is all in this building. <laughs> and today we can see how we can Yield not to temptation. Let's begin. Matthew chapter 4. Chapter 4 verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him... He said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, 
Throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give His angels charge over you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. When we are being faced with temptation, it is not God who does the tempting. We need to make sure that we understand the difference. Deuteronomy 8.2 says, You shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart whether you would keep His commandment, commandments or not. God told Moses to tell the Israelites that He allowed them to go through the wilderness to tempt them, no, to test them, to see where their heart was at. Jesus was led into the wilderness to face this temptation from the devil to test to see where his loyalty was, which is a perfect parallel for us. As Christians, when we're faced with temptations, where's your heart at? Where's your loyalty at? Look at verses 3 and 4. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, you are, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus was at a very weak point. Think about it. He was hungry. Have you ever been hungry? Have you ever been so hungry? I remember they were talking at work the other day. They said, you know, you remember when, you know, when Thanksgiving comes and you're waiting for the food to get ready, that feeling that you have and your stomach's hurting and you're starving. Man, I want to eat something. Hurry, can y'all hurry up? And you have to decide whether to eat a snack or wait. And sometimes you wait so long, once you get the big, huge plate that you fix, you can't even eat it, right? You know that feeling? Jesus was hungry, literally. He was hungry. He was at a very weak point. But what does he do when he's faced with this temptation? He goes straight to the Word of God. Immediately. Man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God is what he told Satan. Jesus understood that if you're a child of God, that He'll never leave you or forsake you. God told Joshua, and I love love Joshua. I love the first chapter of Joshua. I go to it a lot for confidence for me. Joshua 1.5 
says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Listen to what he tells him. I will not leave you nor forsake you. You're my child. Now, does that mean once you're saved, you're always saved? We know that that's not true. We know that we can very easily say, you know what, I don't want any more part of this. And that goes to what Sammy was saying again in class about God being a jealous God. Once you are a child of God, you are His. And He wants you to be a part of the family. But you have that option whether you want to be a part of the family or not. Amen? But the first point I want to suggest to you this morning is that Satan tempts us sometimes in our weakest point of our life. The weakest point. Think about the weakest things in your life. Think about the weakest things that you struggle with. He wants to jump right in into those weak points because he knows what he knows that you're very vulnerable in those weak areas. And he can present a temptation and you can very easily give in. Let's just say that you have a drinking problem. And here you go, you have some tough struggles, you're at a weak time in your life, nothing's going your way, and your buddies come over with a 12-pack. That's very easy to give in to that, right? You're down and out. You remembered before, you know, this made me feel good. But God allows this to happen. Listen how awesome God is, my brothers and sisters. God allows this to happen because He wants you to draw closer to Him. When you're faced with the temptation in your weakest point, do you think about it, try to rationalize it, or do you immediately go to God's Word? Do you immediately understand what God wants you to do? And I'm not saying that we're always going to do this. But what I'm saying is, we need to strive to be perfect in every way. And by striving to be perfect, when we're faced with whatever the temptation is. I don't know your temptations, I just know the things that I'm tempted with. But Satan knows the things that that he can tempt you with that will allow you to give in to that temptation. Satan doesn't care about you, all he wants you to do is sin. He could care less. Anything he could do to make you sin is what he wants you to do. We've got to strengthen our weaknesses. Think about the things that you're weak in your life. Think about the things that you struggle with. Big time. Think about the things that bring you down to where you just can't barely make it anymore. Start attacking those things. Start attacking those things and trying to strengthen those things any way that you can. Whether it's calling out to a brother in Christ. Hey man, I need you to help me, man. Pray for me. Whether it's coming to talk to the elders. Whether it's talking to your husband or your wife. Pray for me. Help me. Let's get through this together. I want to do this because I want to be pleasing to God. I understand that this is a temptation that's going to pull me away from where I need to be at. 
You know, it's so simple to stand up here and say this. It's so simple, and we all know this. Yeah, go to God's Word. Yeah, do da 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 But do we really do it? The application is the hard part, is applying it to our lives. 2 Corinthians 12.10 says, listen to what Paul said. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then what? Then I'm strong, right? Well, how come I'm strong? Because I've put my whole trust and all my faith in one man, Jesus Christ, huh? In the Savior. Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Are you renewing your mind when you're faced with these temptations? What do you do? Are you lacking in the knowledge of God and you just give in to the temptation? We need to know that every temptation is an attack on our Christianity. That's the way we need to face it. And you know what? We can beat it. We can beat these temptations because we are on the winning side. Amen? Look at verses 5 through 7. Then the devil took him into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. I'm going to tell you what right now. The devil is so disrespectful. You see how smart Elik is talking to Jesus. If you're the son of God, that's how he is. He's disrespectful. He can't stand children of God. He can't stand Jesus. But yet again, we see an example of of our Lord and Savior. And what does He immediately say? It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Where does He go? God's Word. You see, Satan not only will tempt you in your weak point, where else will he get you? In your strong point. Huh? Jesus was on the pinnacle of the temple. They worship God there. He knows about that, don't he? Let me ask you a side note. I had to ask myself this. Is being a Christian your strong point? Let's say that you got a very good job. All right? Let's just use this example. You got a really good job and you're good at it. People love you. They give you compliments. They say, man, you are awesome at your job. I can't believe somebody could do this job as good as you can do it. Things get done. 
I mean, there's no worries because you are the man. Which is great. I'm not saying don't be a great worker. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is, let's say that you're that guy, and over time, what happens? You slowly start consuming you, right? To the point that you forget about anything else, and all that you're worried about is being that guy. The greatest worker guy, right? God allows us to succeed in life and gives us different talents, and that's great. We're all one body, but what? Different members, right? We all have different uh, things that we're good at, which is makes the body so perfect. But we have to remember when the going is good, we don't forget about what is most important. Isn't that how it goes sometimes in your life? When the going's good, man, you're loving it. You're doing good and everything's great. But then as soon as something wrong happens, you hadn't thought about God in a while. I discipline my body and put it into subjection. I want to be the best Christian that I can be. I want to be the best child of God I can be. No matter what, any situation, any time, anything that comes up, I'll never give up on being the best Christian I can be. But sometimes we forget because the going's good, man. I got a great job and, and da, 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 never once mentioned God at all. There's a story in Matthew 19 that talks about a man. He asked Jesus, Matthew 19, verses 16 through 22, I believe. He says that, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase it. He says, what shall I do that I may have eternal life? Jesus told him, if he wanted to have eternal life, to keep the commandments... And the man said, I've kept the commandments from youth. Uh, What else do I need to do? He said, go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the man heard that, he turned sorrowful for he had great possessions. He had put in his faith and his everything that he had in earthen vessels and forgot about being a child of God. So anytime a temptation would come, it may have been a good temptation. It may have been something good. But it was all leading towards being further away from where he needed to be. And I'm not up here saying don't strive to be the best and have the best things. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, is it so consuming that you forget about going and helping people who need help? Is it going and visiting the brethren? Is it too much that we forget about going and being a part of activities that we've got? Or even coming and worshiping on the Lord's day? Colossians 3.17 And whatever you do in word or deed... Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. 
Or Colossians 3, 23 and 24. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ. Hey, man, I love working for you, and I appreciate all you do for me, man, but I work for the Lord, man. If you work for the Lord, you're going to be a hard worker, ain't you? If you can keep that in your mind, you're always going to be a hard worker, no matter what problems or drama or situations go on. Because what God's doing is He's allowing something to happen to do what? Check where your heart is. Where's your heart? Where's your heart? Look at verses 8 through 10. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve all. Him only you shall serve. Satan, boy, he's a he's slick, ain't he? He's slick. His approach is slick, ain't it? He's gonna tempt Jesus, God, in the flesh, with something that he can't even promise. He's going to give him all the kingdoms of the world. How can he give that to something he don't even own his own self? He says, bow down and worship me and I'll give you all this. Jesus was faced with a temptation that he saw right through. He saw right through it. And what did he do? He immediately went to God's word. He said, you shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only you shall serve. You ain't giving me nothing. You worship me. So we think about our lives, and we've got to realize that Satan tempts us with things that he really can't deliver on. Think about it. Think about this one. He catches you at your weakest point. He'll catch you at your strongest point, And then he'll just throw something out there that he can't even offer. You ever been faced with the grass is always greener on the other side thought process? Come on, I know you have. The grass is always greener on the other side, right? If I could get with this person, it would be better than the person that I'm with now. I know it would. Or, here's what. If I could win a bunch of money, then what I'll do is I'll give so much to the church. Or, it really don't matter where you go to church at. They're all the same. Because you're a Christian, right? You're a son of God. That's what he told, that's what he told uh, Jesus, right? If you're the son of God, 
The devil says, if you're a Christian, let's see it. Let's see it. I love what Jesus told the Pharisees in John 8, 44. He says, you are of the father of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and a father of it. He's a liar. He presents lies in front of you because he wants you to be away from God. What happens when you draw away from God? What happens when you pull away from God is you start making your own decisions and you start making your own uh, analogies and your own ways of making things right. And he don't have to worry about you no more. He ain't got to worry about you because you're doing your own thing. The bottom line, Satan will tempt you in your weaknesses, your strengths, and even promise you the whole wide world. And if you're not paying attention to it, you'll fall right in the trap. You'll fall right in the trap. And you know, When you fall in the trap, it's hard to get up out of there, ain't it? When you fall up in that trap, it's hard to get out, ain't it? I think about those traps they used to set with the leaves over the top, biggest big hole. You walk in, oh, you fall down in this hole, right? It's hard to get up out of it. But listen to this. Romans 6, 6 through 7. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. If you are in Christ and you fall in the trap, and you reach up, guess who will come pick you up? <laughs> My man, Jesus Christ, huh? He'll pick you up. Because you're no longer a slave to sin. You don't have to give in to these temptations. You don't have to say, you know what, I've always done... No, sir, I've disciplined my body and I'm going to tell you, no, nah, man, I can't do that. I discipline my body because I'm no longer a slave to sin. If you're in Christ, that's the awesome blessings of being in Christ. Is you're a child of God and you have all these spiritual blessings. You have hope of heaven one day. But you are no longer a slave to sin. What we do so many times is we always fall into the trap of Oh, I don't know what else I can do. I've done all I can do. No, you are no longer a slave to sin. You are a child of God. And you can walk with that walk and talk with that talk and always show somebody that, you know what? I'm different. 
Sin don't have rule over me. It doesn't have authority over me. I'm a new creation. You're no longer a slave to sin. As I close, I just want to say this. It's, it's a simple process. Study to show yourself approved. If you study the Bible and you actually do what the Bible says, then your life will be a Bible example. But what do we do? And I'm victim to it too. We put that thing down and we don't think about it and we think about ourselves, especially when a temptation comes. When a situation comes that's hard in our life, we totally turn away. I love all of you very much and I appreciate all of you. But I know that we can make a difference in this world if we will put God first in all that we do. And then when we are faced with temptations, we immediately attack it with God's Word. If you're here today and you are not a Christian, if you are not a brother or a sister in Christ and you don't know anything about it, let me tell you about it. There's a man, his name's Jesus. He came to this earth and he died on the cross. He didn't die just because he wanted to. He died for you. Because we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. But He died on the cross and He was raised on the third day that you could have life. And if you believe in this Jesus, then you have opportunity to turn from your old ways, repent, and say, you know what, I don't want to live like this anymore. I've lived like this long enough. I don't want to be a slave to this anymore. I want to be freed from this. Then you can. You can get into this watery grave right here. And you can be buried in the water and raised up with newness of life and have your sins remitted, forgiven, and be a new creature. Brothers and sisters, pray for those who aren't in Christ. Pray that they will come and render obedience to the gospel. And if you're a brother or sister in Christ and you need to make things right, let's do it. Come right now. As together we stand and sing.